Hey guys, welcome to season three of the Drafty Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. Now, I normally like things consistent, but I'm so ready for new things and experiences. This last year has been one that we would like to all forget for a lot of reasons. But on the other hand, God has showed up over and over and taught me so much about myself, His purpose, and what He has for me. So that's my challenge to you. What do you want to take away from your time spent reflecting? Maybe God has given you a new insight. I hope these episodes are inspiring, informative, and hopeful, always showing God's grace, goodness, and that He's faithfully walking with us day by day. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to the Drafty Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher, and today I'm super honored to have Dr. Katherine Holt on the show. Welcome, Dr. Holt. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. So Dr. Holt is an OBGYN here in Dallas, and I had the pleasure of meeting her a few years ago after I think I was recommended by a family friend. Um, so First of all, I have to say changing doctors is super hard. <laughs> I kind of think it's like changing churches or your hairdresser. Yeah. Yes. And and maybe because it's an OBGYN doctor, I don't know. I, I don't, it's just awkward. Let's be honest. It is. It is um, awkward. Even it is for awkward. us. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, you know, I had to have the same doctor for 25 plus years and um, was way across town. But anyway, I, I love the fact that when I met you, I never had a doctor come to the lobby and get me. Okay. I've never had a doctor come call me with test results. And I had never had a doctor that really talked to me like a whole person um, outside of just my, you know, uh, women's health issues like I have with you. So I appreciate that. And you're, um, it's been a really good experience after having right. the same doctor forever. So anyway, so why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your family and just like how long you've been in practice, just some general background. Okay. Um, so general background, I was born and raised here in Fort Worth. Um, so I am a native Texan. Um, I have been in Frisco for since 2007. We moved here. Um, my husband and I, we met in 2004. Um, we were both in Houston. I was in training and he was doing um, a clerkship down in Houston. And um, we moved back home, in, at least to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's, his family's from Salina and we really wanted to get back to North Texas just to be close to family. We were, you know, pregnant with our second child and we just really needed to get, you know, back close to family so we could have some support and things like that. So um, I've been in private practice since I moved here. So since 2007 um, and it's just, it's really been almost everything that I, I could have imagined. Um, I was, I, my very first job out of residency was a, a kind of a smaller practice in Houston, but you know, it wasn't my own. I wasn't able to do the things I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. So it was, it was a joy to come up here and open up a practice and do it exactly how I'd always thought medicine should be practiced. So what made you decide to become a doctor and especially an OBGYN specialty? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I laugh when people ask me what made me become a doctor because it wasn't um, an enlightening experience or anything like that. My mother, um, my, my mother and my father were both honestly immigrants to the U.S. And, you know, in her naiveness, she 
really only thought there were two careers that Americans had to be, and it was either a doctor or a lawyer. So I feel like since I was a little kid, that's all I was really kind of destined to be. Um, but, you know, as I got into medical school or as I got into college and then on to medical school, those were just my natural um interest, science and math. And so, I mean, it was, it was quite easy to, to delve into that side of, you know, education. So, so then when you were, when you're in medical school, where do you start kind of diving into how you decide what you want to specialize in? Yeah, that's a good question. So I had no idea, um, you know, in, in our medical school, we learned things by, um, areas of medicine. So by organ systems and things like that. So I remember, you know, going through my third year in medical school, you know, three years out of four and still not really knowing what I was doing or wanting to do. And um, I remember that my OBGYN rotation was just after the Christmas holiday. So over Christmas, I was trying to get a jump on things and just you know, trying to see, um, you know, kind of pre-study, I guess. And I read my textbook in about a week and a half. I read this 500 page, you know, OB-GYN textbook, like it was a fiction novel and it just, I got it and I understood it and I loved it and I just couldn't put it down. So I think that's probably when I realized that, you know, this is, this is something that I understand very easily and came really naturally to me. And then, that was just it. I mean, I, I started my rotation and I fell in love with it. Which is crazy because just thinking back to reading a textbook in general I in, in college it is not nerdy. Yes, it sounds nerdy, but that's <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. sorry, it <laughs> does. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. So that's funny. I know that I think that's great because I think sometimes you you know, may not have this huge aha moment, but just finding something that you're like, Okay, I dig this. This is really good and I right. understand it and it it settles in my soul to where I could learn more and right. I want to do more. So that kind of ends up driving you um, to further figure out um, how to do it. Like, I mean, for me, I would say um, the podcast for me has been a similar to that because I had no idea what to do. Like you said, before we were talking before the show, it's very technical. It is. It's stuff right. that's not normally in my you know, wheelhouse, but um, loving sharing other people's stories and talking to moms about other moms that have been you know, made it through hard things or seeing God be faithful is just, that's kind of my jam. So I'm, I'm loving it, even though it's not necessarily, you know, the easiest thing sometimes, but I love figuring it out. So what's it been like? So you had been a doctor how long? Um, were you in practice when you had your first kiddo? I was in training. So it was my very last year of training whenever I had my first son. Okay. And then, so how many kids do you have? I have three. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. So what was that transition like going from having a practice without, you know, the additional um, responsibilities of a family um, to having one, much less adding three. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, it, luckily we were very fortunate that we had a lot of assistance. We had a lot of support. I mean, again, that was the reason why we moved back to Frisco. My mom was here. My mother-in-law was here. Um, we have an amazing child care provider who has been with us since my children were born. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, so it is, it, it's always difficult to juggle work and family. Uh, it's always difficult just to kind right. of turn your brain off from 
daughter to mother to wife. Um, but I've had so much help and support that it, it really hasn't been that difficult. You know, I, I have, a, I have a loving husband, thankfully, you know, um, I, I just, you know, he's so very supportive. Just everyone in, in my life, honestly, is very supportive. So it's always, always have been very eager to help whenever we needed it. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal with working. I have a lot of friends. Um, I was fortunate. Um, I always wanted to be a stay at home mom um, for a really long time. And I didn't go back to work until my oldest who just turned 29 um, I didn't go to back to work until she was a junior in high school. And mm-hmm. so it was a struggle, but we always lived close to my parents. And so even um, I feel like had I worked early on having my parents around, even when things, you know, I wasn't working and I needed help um, having assistance and, and a good support system around you, whether it's friends or family or whatever, I think is super crucial. Um, but there was something else I was going to ask about. Um, did you, did you look at um, your practice any differently once you started having kids? I mean, like, how did your perspective change in terms of treating these pregnant women? Um, and, and I realize you don't just see pregnant women because, I mean, I go to you. But um, did you did you view that whole process any different once you started having your own children? Absolutely. I mean, I actually just told a patient about that this morning when she was asking me, what questions to ask a, you know, potential pediatrician and things like that. And, you know, I, I, I became a much better doctor after you have children yourself, you know, and I, I will say God has given me a vision to be able to counsel many different women because I had so many problems. Like I had, I had a premature birth. My, my son was born two months early. So I went through that. And then I went through, you know, a series of a lot of medications. I always joke and I say there's very few medications that I myself have not physically taken that I give my patients, you know. Um, and and it is, it's just easier to relate. I think it's, it's easier to relate. It's easier to really describe, you know, how being pregnant is and what motherhood is like, um, you know, the good and the bad, if you've actually been in the thick of it, you know? Right. I think that makes a big difference. And if you go and I, I never, I think it's funny when I was first trying to find a doctor, um, back right out, I mean, I guess I was a junior in college, I guess. And I'd been having some pains and ended up with ovarian surgery right after I graduated. Um, and when I was looking for a doctor back then, it was just like, oh, I'm going to a guy. I mean, it, there weren't that many female doctors, you know, that were readily available where I was. And I went to this man forever. And there was always that stigma at one point, like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never felt this. Mm-hmm. You don't understand how I feel. I mean, I loved him. He was amazing. He delivered all three of my kids. But there was something that, you know, he there was a level of empathy that he right. couldn't that he couldn't (laughs) understand for sure. Um, Right. You know, I mean, same thing. And when you take your child to the pediatrician, you know, if they don't have children of their own, you know, the worry that a mother feels for her child is indescribable, you know? And so again, like I said, I just feel like I've been through a lot and, you know, and now, you know, now having children and transitioning into the, 
GYN world of things. I mean, I've been through a lot. So it's, it's very, I feel very fortunate that I can relate to a lot of my patients and a lot of their complications and questions and concerns that they've had. I think that's a big part of why, like I said, I wanted to do this show is that especially, you know, as a believer, having experiences that we've had, things that we've gone through, um, you know, how can you share that story with somebody else? How can you, uh, who is God going to put in your path that you can talk to that you say, you know what, I've been there. It's going to be okay. He's not gone mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, and that you understand kind of what they've been through. I was thinking a minute ago about when you said that about having different experiences, um, I know with all three of my pregnancies, I had very different situations. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like I could relate on some level to, I had a C-section, I had a VBAC, I had one that came on their own naturally, no, and, and one that was induced. So I felt like I had a pretty good range of, of right. experiences with all of them. So um, I felt like that was helpful. Maybe not even um, now, like my kids haven't had children yet, which, you know, that hopefully will come at some point will be fun to be a Grammy and somehow, but you know, no pressure. Um, Cause you know, you want to be careful too about those people that you spend time with. And um, because, you know, there are a lot of women that can't get pregnant um, or that have had multiple miscarriages, which I've, you know, been there too. So um, just having other experiences that you can share um I know it's got to be huge for you and being able to relate to your patients. So I love that. Um, What do you think um, has been the most challenging aspect of being a doctor in terms of delivering babies that may not necessarily come on their own schedule um, and, and relating that with your family? How do you kind of balance that? Never know if you're delivering a baby at night or I know you can't really schedule it, but I know there's also you share your practice maybe or you have other people on call or what, what how do you do that? I do. Um, so um, I do share call with, um, you know, a, a group of other women. So that's definitely helpful. Um, I, I will say I, I went into practice and this is probably, you know, somewhat unconventional here in Frisco and at my practice is perfect for me because we kind of share this unconventional commonality. But, you know, I try to be there for my patients, even when I'm not on call. And and if any of my patients are listening to this, they, they totally know that. And, um, you know, I, um, I have children who are also very, um, you know, um, understanding of when I kind of drop all things and, and go for a delivery. Um, so I, I do, I feel like when, Patients see me for their, you know, for their um, maternity care, you know, they they would really like for me to be there. And I feel like that's like the pinnacle of their whole pregnancy is that delivery, you know. Sure, sure. So um, as far as my family life goes and how do I juggle, I mean, we just do. I, I don't really know how to describe it, you know. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily, I'm not the mom who, you know, has to have a million girl nights, you know, and I'm not the, you know, my husband and I, we both work. And when we got married, we knew that we were, you know, not the couple who always had to have like our date nights and we always had to have like our couple getaways and things like that. Our importance was we work a lot. We are going to be with our children a lot. So I spend a lot of time with my family. If I'm not at work, 
I'm really with my family and I don't do too much else. And it just works for us, you know? Right. Well, and it's important that you've, you know, sounds like you kind of went into this with your own, with the two of you deciding these are kind of, maybe boundaries is too hard of a word, but um, I think boundaries sometimes are important of saying, you know, this right. is what we like, this is what we love, and this is kind of what we're willing to do because my patients are important and my family is yeah. important and the rest of it's gravy, right? Yeah. I mean, if yeah. I mean, my patients do know, like if I have something really important coming up, like my, my children's birthdays, you know, clearly are very important to me. And, and I always tell them, listen, I'm, I am completely unavailable on these two dates. So my patients are really never caught off guard. If I'm unavailable, I, I remember one of my, one of the pediatricians in town, he said that, you know, my vacation schedule was in one of my patient's cell phones. And he was like, Dr. Holt's vacation is this date. And he was like, why do you tell them that? <laughs> you know? And I was like, well, I want them to know, you know, and you know, I never want to, I never want a patient to be surprised that I'm not there or sure. you know, think that I would rather go out to eat than be there in their time of need. Like if I'm unavailable, it's for something really important, you know? Yeah, no, I so, get that. I, I think my, my doctor that delivered my kids was the same way. He was always very good about sharing, you know, hey, I'm going to be, if it was around the time that I was going to be due, if it was going to be, you know, this time. So I, to me, that felt at least that I knew that there was, there was backup. And, you know, and I think as a, as a patient, you want, you respect that, you know, your doctors have their own life and you, right. you know, they're, they're not at your beck and call. Um, and I know the babies, you know, come when they want, but um, knowing that, Especially if you've got, sounds like you've got a good team of women that you kind of are all on, obviously on the same page and share that. Um, and that you have a very understanding family and support group. So I think that's yeah. awesome. So I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. Sounds like you kind of got the best of, of all worlds combining that. Yes, I, I agree. So um, if there was, not to talk about stress or the demands, um, but is there something that you do personally um, to kind of balance your stress or your emotions? I know this last year has been, uh, from a mental health perspective, a lot for a lot of people. I know uh, you and I talked about it. It was a struggle um, for me during multiple quarantines, just, um, you know, just having to find other ways to balance your stress when you're stuck in the house and you can't get out or whatever. But I know being a physician probably brings a lot of different. Is there something that you do in particular um, to kind of manage that? Um, nothing, you know, spectacular out of the ordinary. I mean, I work out, you know, I, I'm an avid, I, 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 with COVID, I became an avid runner, which I have not been a runner since I was in high school. But you know, with the gyms closed and things like that, I, I had to do something else. So um, sure. that's kind of my alone time. I wake up in the morning, early in the morning, and that I just get that done. Um, when my third child was born, I took up yoga. So I was like 10, almost 11 years ago. That's my, you know, that is my go-to place whenever I really need to unwind. But Honestly, I mean, yeah. just spending time with my kids is honestly my de-stressor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, there are some times, you know, when work gets in the way and I can't take them to school or I can't put them to bed at night, you know, I feel, you know, I feel like I missed out on something, even just those little things. But, I, you know, I love to take my kids to school every morning and right. I love to kiss them at night, you know, I mean that, and when I don't get to do that because of work, that stresses me out. So just spending time with them, you know, it, it truly is, 
my stress relief. You know, I, I, I don't find it stressful to be a mother. I, I, I love it, you know. Sure, sure. Well, and just um, those are just good things for anybody from working out, walking, running, yoga, Pilates. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine and I had do have been doing an online Pilates program for three or four years. And, um, you know, you definitely feel it when you miss it. But and I've always this is silly, but I've always had this chair like this chase lounge chair in my room. Um, and when the kids were little, they kind of knew if mom was in her chair, she just was taking it a little <laughs> taking a little respite for a few minutes. And so um, we just moved in this rent house and everybody's like, okay, where's the chair going to go? Because it's much smaller. So I'm like trying (laughs) to figure out where the chair goes, but no, I get it. Um, I know one of the things that I met you uh, and I mentioned that I had a a daughter that was looking for an OBGYN and you're like, you know what? I'm totally booked, but tell her to call anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the time, at least if my understanding was correct, that you were like, I'm really just more concerned that young women go to the doctor and see that it's important um, and make it a priority to go or, you know, they could end up um, being too afraid to go or having right. some preconceived notion that it's going to be awful and then not really take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a doctor, what are some things that you're really passionate about when it comes to women's health care, other than the, the pregnancy maternity side? Right. Um, you know, I, I, my, my passion of late, I think in the last couple of years has really turned towards adolescent medicine and, um, you know, young women's medicine, um, only because of what you said, you know, it's such a intimate experience, you know, it's, it's not just going to the doctor and, you know, getting your eyes checked or your, you know, getting a strep throat swab. I mean, it's just this type of medicine is so extraordinarily intimate that it has to be done well, or you're going to turn off a woman forever, you know, to getting healthcare. Um, so it's very important to me that, their first couple of visits that they just feel comfortable, you know, um, you know, I tell my, my young teenagers who, you know, we, we don't get undressed during our first visit. We are just talking and we're just getting to know each other because when the year comes that they do have to get undressed and become, you know, have that intimate exam that they know me and they're comfortable with me. And that's, you know, part of the reason why I bring my patients into my office to chit chat first is you have to get to know me first before I just lay eyes on you or lay hands on you. It's just, you know, it's, um, it's to gain that confidence and that just like interpersonal relationship, you know, um, before we actually do an exam. So, um, it's, it's, that part is truly important to me. So, you know, I wanted your daughter and I want all young women to not be afraid of this exam and to be like, oh my gosh, no, I'm not going to the gynecologist, you know, unless I absolutely have to. That's, you know, makes me super sad because it, it can be a visit that is, um, I, you know, I guess, you know, empowering, you know, just to, just to make sure that you're healthy and that you are, you are achieving healthiness in a comfortable environment, you know, and I know that kind of, kind of sounds a little cheesy, but. Um, no, no. I, I would say that both of us um, would agree to, like I said in the beginning, that I've never had a doctor come to the waiting room and say, hey, Lynn, it's your turn, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm Dr. Holt. Nice to meet you. It never. And, you know, I'm 54 and I've never had somebody do that. And just that 
time to get to know you a little bit and chat in your office was you know, you're always nervous in general to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dentist, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, this is a little bit different. And so meeting you and just chatting for a few minutes, I think, made um, made a difference. It just kind of takes the edge off a little bit. You're like, okay, she's nice. That's fine. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's purposeful. You know, I mean, sure. I, I feel like, you know, I, I absolutely purposely sought out to do that from day one. You know, I just, I... I think it's really the only way to get to know each other first. And then, you know, it's nice to make a game plan and then actually did the exam, you know? Right, right. Um, Okay, so I have to ask, this is just a question. This is like a really more specific question when it comes to um, the birth um, choices, I guess, that people have nowadays, or maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm old school and I just did. It seems like there's more inductions these days, maybe then when I was having my kids, like I said, my oldest is 29, my youngest mm-hmm. is 21. Um, and like I said, I had a, a C-section, a VBAC and an induction. Um, but is that something that's more common? Is there a reason it, or am I just kind of imagining that, but just well, kind of curious? I think, yeah, I think there's, there's many different reasons probably for that, or just the, you know, I think there's many different reasons for it. You know, um, most women choose an induction if um, they have other children and they just need to plan life, you know. So I think that delivering a child has so many, um, it, it's, it's very anxiety ridden just because there's so many unknowns. When is it going to happen and how is it going to happen? And so I think a lot of women choose inductions because it gives them a little bit of control and a little bit of planning, whereas, you know, laboring and delivering spontaneously is, is harder. Um, I, I definitely find women want more women want inductions when they have little children at home, again, just to plan things out. So not in the middle of the night. Um, you know, on a more serious note, though, I, I feel like there's probably an increase of inductions as you're seeing women have children um, at an older age. And, you know, sometimes um, those pregnancies are um, higher risk for multiple medical concerns and things like that. So there's, there's definitely a lot of medical uh, inductions these days as you're seeing the trends of age change, I guess. Um, okay, that, was, a lot of that makes sense. Still, yeah, a lot of women just still like to, you know, like they like the spontaneity of it, which you know is is perfectly fine too. Okay, all right, yeah, that makes sense. And my, I guess my induction was my last, my last one, and we lived in McKinney, and my doctor was still in, well, technically Dallas, but Duncanville, and um, you know, we'd had like Braxton Hicks off and on for a while and they lived so far yeah. away. And right. so, um, I ended up going out there and staying at my mom's and we finally just were like, okay, we're just going to go in. Um, and I, you know, had been on bed rest, like you said, so that makes more sense. Um, yeah. I had been on bed rest with two of them with blood pressure issues, but, um, I was just curious cause it just seemed like that seemed like something that, you know, happened more maybe than it had in, uh, in years past. But, um, what is something that you think you've seen God be faithful in, not to switch to a serious note all of a sudden, but sorry, um, but something that you've seen God really be faithful and show up maybe in your practice or in your family? Um, because like you said, 
Um, when you have a lot of responsibility in your practice, and I'm sure you've seen all kinds of stories with births and um, just the families that you've dealt with, but um, what's something that you think you could kind of say you've seen God be faithful with in your life? You know, I, I think that's a really, um, you know, I, I thought about that question a lot because I, I assumed you would a- ask me something similar. Um, the answer is everything, right? I mean, um, you know, a little bit of background about me and my, not necessarily my testimony, but, you know, I wasn't always a believer. Um, and, you know, I didn't, I, in, again, coming from, you know, two immigrants who didn't share the same religious background, it was very confusing growing up. You know, I knew that there was a God and things like that, but I didn't quite understand it. Um, my training program was in a religious institution, so it was in a Catholic hospital. So, um, you know, the presence of Christianity was always around me, but again, not not really you know, not really having a relationship until I met my husband. And, you know, thankfully, um, you know, my husband introduced me to the church um, consistently and, you know, with depth. And, you know, since being, you know, baptized with my husband when we, before we got married, I just, nowadays, I just can't imagine even practicing medicine without God leading me every single day. So I can't say that there's one thing that I see him in because I see him in all aspects of my life. You know, it, it really is everything. My, my life as a believer is so much different and meaningful and just joyful than it was before. So, you know, he leads me in every single thing. He leads me in every single day. He's the purpose of everything that I do. Yeah. Which I love that. I think feel like there's, um, there's a lot that when you look at somebody that maybe not be a believer, I, it's hard to understand how you can go through the day, your life, your job, being a mom, um, an employee or whatever, without having the Lord and knowing that he's with you every day through whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're, um, you know, serving somewhere, whether it's at work, whether it's how you lead your children, what you're teaching them, what kind of, you know, wife you are and just kind of the people that he puts around you too as well. And it sounds like you've had mm-hmm. such a huge support in your family and your friends. Um, what do you think has been maybe your favorite part about being a physician to this point um, in your practice? Um, I mean, the, my favorite thing is just getting to meet a, a bunch of different people. You know, I mean, I, I think that's really probably my most favorite is, you know, I have, um, I am honored to meet so many different people every single day um, and, and build relationships with these people. Um, You know, um, I laugh and my assistant, like you're going to spend like an hour in there because you're just going to chit chat about non-medical stuff. You know, you're you're, you're just going to catch up and, you know, sometimes I'm like, we should have a coffee maker in here so we can just sit and have coffee and talk. But, um, you know, I, I think that that's probably my favorite, you know, is um, just getting to to meet so many different families. Um, when COVID was around, I absolutely, 
that became definitely more um, obvious to me because it was such a lonely experience. You know, the husband yes. couldn't come in their in the office, and you know, little siblings couldn't come, and so I was only getting to meet the mom. And it's hard too because everyone's wearing a mask, so I really only knew like eyes. But it was hard right. because I wasn't meeting the family, and I wasn't meeting little brother and little sister, and I wasn't meeting grandparents, and um, it it was you know, it was difficult. So I really started realizing how much I enjoy meeting families, not just women, but families, you know, and um, I love it when like husbands will come up and hug me, you know, because I've made a relationship with the husband too, or, you know, when mother-in-laws come up and hug me, you know, I just, I love that because then I made an impact, not just on that woman, but on her whole family. And that's probably the most joyful part about my job. Well, I love that. And I don't think that that's super common, um, at least in my experience. So I love the fact that you, can develop the relation relationships with not just the mom, but with the families that go. Cause maybe, yeah. you know, in years past, I don't know that that was super, um, you know, maybe a lot of women went by themselves or went just with their husband, but it, I mean, it is a family experience. It, yeah. it, it affects everyone, right? It affects the kids that are going to be at home and probably helps them get more excited about little brother or sister coming home and mm-hmm. helps mom feel more comfortable that they, uh, that they, you know, their family and spouse and that know you. And um, I think, having that extra comfort level, knowing that you're about to go into a birth, it's like whatever you can do to help make this more comfortable, the better. So I love that. Um, If you could give somebody listening a piece of advice, maybe somebody that hasn't had a baby yet or first time mom or first time pregnant mom, something that you would share. um, Because obviously, like you said, you love talking to your patients and spending time with them. But if you could like share something with them, what would you encourage them in? Um, you know, my, I, I really try to encourage them to enjoy the experience. You know, um, I think that anxiety and worry and all of that is always going to be there and always going to be present when you're dealing with any medical issues whatsoever. And when you're, you know, going to a doctor's office, when you're about to have a baby, but don't forget to enjoy it. Right. I mean, um, I mean, it is literally one of the most exciting times in your whole life, you know, and if, if you don't enjoy it, then what's the point, you know? Right. Right. So, um, I, I would, I would say as far as having, you know, children enjoy it, you know, because, you know, you, like I said, it's, it really is an amazing time. You just have to sit back and enjoy it and just take it all in. Oh, I love that. Is there, Anything that we could pray for you in terms of your practice or just um, something that you could that we could pray for you as um, someone that knows you or pray for physicians um, that we might have in our own lives? Um, you know, I, I you know, I, I always tell people they can pray for me however they want to pray for me. I'm honored to be prayed with and for, um, you know, I, I think my biggest prayer is that, you know, it is a demanding job. So, you know, I pray that, you know, I, I hope that I continue to love it until the day I leave it, you know, um, sometimes it's work. Um, and sometimes it's not so joyful and sometimes it's sad too. So, um, you know, I, I hope that 
I continue to love it. Like I said, until the day I leave it. Um, and, you know, I always tell people, always remember doctors are just people too, right? I mean, we're not, we're people, you know, and, and we have our good days and we have our bad days. And sometimes just give us some grace if it seems like we're having a rough day, you know? Sure, um, sure. And you're doing, you know, and you're doing important work and, um, you know, have a lot of, of weight of bringing in, helping to bring in a new life. And, um, you know, there's, there's a different kind of weight to the job that you do than, you know, what I do. And, you know, I work in an office and not that one necessarily, I still deal with people. And I think that anything that you're doing and you're dealing with people, you know, God uses you where you are. Um, and it's that aspect of, you know, how you're letting him use you and how you're sharing what you've learned and how you've seen him work in your own life so that you can share that with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I appreciate you so much for being on and Lace and I love you and have just had a great experience with you and are so thankful for um, your care. Um, And I just wanted to say thanks for being on and just sharing a little bit about you and your practice and what, um, what you see every day. And um, if there's anything else you want to share with, I know if you've got any um, websites or books for maybe an expectant mom or somebody thinking about it, or maybe somebody going through, um, you know, infertility or trouble getting pregnant or miscarriages, because it's a whole nother conversation, which is touches a lot of people. So if there's anything that you have, um, you can send it to me and I'll get it in the show notes. But um, anyway, I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Dr. Holt, for being on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Drive Through Moms podcast. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Hey, y'all, I'm so thankful for these amazing women God has led me to who share their expertise, how he's using them in their sphere of influence, or how he's brought them through the challenges we all often face. You know, I can't help but think about all the new taking place as we find a new normal in 2021. There's a verse I've had on my heart the last couple of years from Isaiah 43, where God talks about forgetting about the past and watching that he's doing something new, but do we even see it? And that he's even bringing rivers in the desert. I don't know about you, but knowing God is restoring and bringing new refreshing water into the picture is comforting. Y'all, he's so good like that. Don't forget to follow along at Drive Through Moms on Instagram. Share our journey with your friends. And most important, leave a great review on Apple Podcasts so more people will find us. All the links are in my Instagram bio. So until next week, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.